I understand the frustration of feeling like you need to justify your choices. Explaining your lifestyle over and over and over again because everyone from random strangers to even your own family just doesn't get it. Hey, I'm Allison Conway. That's why I'm here to help you build a profitable business that gives you the freedom to travel and work from anywhere. I've been there. And in this podcast, I'm going to share with you the real actionable how to's so you can finally confidently say it is a real job, dad. This is a Soulfire production. What does it mean to discover or access your secret sauce? What does it mean to figure out what even authenticity means to you? I hear this all the time. Just be authentic. Just be yourself. Just find the thing that makes you you and just do that. Inhabit that thing. (laughs) Okay, but what does that mean? How do I even know what the thing is that makes me me? And then how do I just suddenly start making content around that thing? Or how do I just suddenly discover what what my specific brand of authenticity looks like? This idea, this concept of authenticity is all over the online business industry in the online education industry and it's a it's an important lesson but it's also an incomplete one because what i have recently discovered and started to inhabit myself is actually the thing that we're most ashamed of ultimately when we learn how to harness it and when we learn how to take the shame out of it, ultimately becomes the thing that makes us authentic, that makes us who we are. And that when we can fully understand it and most importantly, take the shame away from it, that's when we can fully inhabit it and even make money off of it and and show up online and on Instagram in a way that feels good. I know I've talked about this before, but I've always had such a resistance to Instagram and it's it's about a lot of things, but it's partially about this. You know, you have to be authentic, just be yourself and everybody's got a thing. And if you notice the people that do well on Instagram, they have a thing. Regardless of what that thing is, maybe it's a certain type of skit. Maybe it's a certain style of dancing. Maybe it's a you know, certain sound or certain filters or certain things that they do, but they do the same thing over and over and over again in different ways, saying different things and doing different kinds of things, making different jokes, but all within the same thing, this thing that makes them them. And those are always the people that do really well. So how do you access this thing? How do you even, how do you even know what to even start making content around or even how to operate in your business. What, how does it feel good? What kind of administrative tasks do you not want to do yourself or in, in, you know, what style and what methods can you use to make those things feel good for you? And, and accessing that and feeling like you are being yourself is, is a really difficult thing to do. It's a really, really difficult thing to do. 
I've always been the type of person that has has done what I wanted to do and has sometimes been the oddball in certain groups. And I've always leaned into what makes me the oddball. But having said that, also resisting it. Also having this like, should I say that? Should I do that? Should I make this joke? Should I be silly in this way? Should I, you know, do these certain types of things? Should I show up in this way? Should I make this real? Should I not? All those types of things still come up for me, even though I'm still the personality, I'm still the type that is being myself and is comfortable being myself. There's still friction there. There's still that uh, fatigue there. So I was at a, uh, a retreat recently and, um, a woman named Rachel Luna, who is on Instagram, she's at girl confident. So I highly recommend you go check her out. She talks a lot about journaling and she talks a lot about, she has a, a, a method of, of journaling. And I, I really suggest you go check her out at girl confident on Instagram. But she was attending this retreat that I was at, um, this, this retreat for, for business owners. And she asked all of us in the room at the retreat to take a few minutes and journal around the thing that, uh, we felt if everybody else in the room found out, we would be humiliated by it, right? That's this thing that if everybody else, if, if our peers or people that we look up to, if these business owners found out this thing that would feel like the end of the world for us. So she asked us to take a few minutes to, to journal on this and to uh, sort of imagine what it would feel like if this room of people did actually find out and how that would make us feel and, and, um, and all, the, all this kind of stuff. So then she asked a, a few of us to share. And I was a little too embarrassed to share in the moment, but I want to share with you what my thing was, what the thing that I was felt so deeply ashamed of that if all of these other people in the room, people that I looked up to, people that were potential clients and potential referral partners and peers that I wanted to like me and, um, you know, people that I really admired, if this room of people found this thing out, it would be devastating. So she asked us to share. Rachel Luna, the woman facilitating this exercise, asked us to share. And a few of the, the women in the room did. And I really, really admire them for doing that in the moment. Um, I felt a little overwhelmed in the moment. So I, I did not raise my hand, though I, I felt it. You know, if you've ever been in that situation, you feel like your hand is wants to put itself in the air you're 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 wanting to make yourself known in this moment but you don't there's something that's holding you back from that so i i was feeling both that sort of itch to to stick my hand right in the air uh but i also felt that that overwhelm uh and and shame still in what if these women find find this thing out so <laughs> Ugh. Okay. Get to share with you. Uh, so I've only recently learned that there are actually names for these things, this, this thing that I'm going to share with you. So, uh, here it is. Um, I 
started my business a couple of years ago. I started teaching myself digital marketing long before that, years before that, when I uh, wrote and and self-published a book and brought it to number one bestseller uh, on Amazon. And I really consider myself someone who is very hardworking and um i i i have this grit and this resilience that um to be to be totally honest i don't often see in other people however even even with early success even with having written and published and sold a book and brought it to number 1 bestseller i did that when i was like 23 or 24 and even starting a web design agency sometime after that and growing it to multiple six figures in in two years or or less i don't <laughs> i don't even know exactly how much time it is and, and the growth has for me has been has been rapid however okay i'm giving you this whole preamble because i'm this is just me trying to stop myself from saying this <laughs> so so there's the preamble. There's the the part that I'm stalling for time. Okay. So even though I am that person, I also spend a lot of time sitting on the couch. Now, when I say a lot of time, I mean an entire day. I sit on the couch. I watch TV shows that I do not care about at all. And everything that is going on in my head while I sit on the couch is get up, get up, get up, get up, get up, get up, get up. And then I often turn to food, eating snacks that I, you know, that taste good, but I, <laughs> it's not like mind altering delicious snacks that I'm eating. It's just numbing out. And I do this mostly on the weekends, but also that inner monologue that's going on is you should be working, even if it's Saturday or Sunday is you should be working. So I tend to, to beat myself up even more so. And, um, this, this inner battle that's going on, uh, in my head is utterly exhausting. Now I've been doing this, this pull to just go into numbness probably since high school. There was one summer, I think it was in high school, where I couldn't find a job. Now, the whole preamble that I gave you, right, that that indicates some personality and that I like to work and I do like to work. And I also derive a lot of self-worth from uh, this identity wrapped around being the person that works hard. So there was this one summer in high school where I couldn't find a job. And um, this is really hard for me to talk about. This is really hard for me to get out. Okay. So there was this one summer in high school. <laughs> I'm going to get through this story, I swear. <laughs> where I just couldn't find a job. And I had actually had a job the summer before that. And they had told me that I could come back the next summer. Uh, so I, I didn't spend, you know, the spring looking for a job. At, you know, what, before school ended, I didn't spend any time looking for a job because I had this, this other job from the previous summer that they were just going to let me back. 
Uh, and then I called right in, you know, June, whenever school ended and Hey, school's over. I'm ready to start work now. And they said, "Mm, just kidding. Sorry. We can't have you come back for whatever the reason was. I don't, I don't remember. Um, so then I was like, Oh, okay. Well, well shit. Now everyone in school spent the spring looking for a job and every, everybody that's hiring has already hired their summer they're, they're seasonal employees. All the kids in high school or in college are, are home. So everybody has a job. I proceeded to spend the next couple of months looking for a job, but I grew up in a small town and um, all the kids that were home from college were getting summer jobs. All the high school kids were getting summer jobs. So I just could not find a job. I also in high school and in college didn't really have, uh, a lot of friends. I was bullied in high school and I'm, I'm actually going to do another episode on that, uh, on, on having been bullied and and how that impacts my business and, and how I look at the world and how I interact with, with people and challenges and all kinds of stuff. But Uh, I was bullied in high school and this particular bully was very good at sort of collecting people in her orbit and sort of turning other people into her believers. And that would then sort of act for her and do her, her bidding, so to speak. So there was a lot of people that she had gotten to also, you know, basically help her bully me. So I didn't really have a lot of friends because this was going on because a lot of my friends had uh, sort of gone over to the dark side. <laughs> and now I, I'll talk about this more when I do a, a, a bullying episode, but I don't hold any grudges against those people. I really don't. Um, you know, we're all adults now. And as teenagers, we make decisions that we think are in our, our, our own best interests and it's all self-preservation. And, uh, I truly don't hold grudges against those people. But of course, as a teenager at the time, it was really lonely and it was really, really difficult. So this was the first summer that I remember. Of course, it's possible that I, that I did this whole you know, hours long or days long numbing out thing. Um, but this is the first one that I really remember and really recognized. Like I've, I've been sitting on the couch for like three months for like the whole summer. So that summer, that's, that's pretty much all I did. I, um, ate garbage food. I sat on the couch, couch, watched TV shows and all the good TV shows really come out in the fall because people take vacations in the summer. So, and they're all outside at the pool or hanging out with their friends, right? So TV networks know not to have any of their best content come out in the summer because people aren't paying attention to it. So you can only imagine the kind of shows that I was watching. It was all bullshit. It was all absolutely mind-numbing crap television, which was exactly the point. which was exactly, I needed to shut off my brain. I needed to not feel anything and go into this state of complete numbness um, so that I didn't have to reflect on the idea that I couldn't find a job, which then reflects on my, my worth 
I had built this whole self-worth around the gritty person, the, the, um, the self-motivated person, the work, the one with the work ethic. Right. So when I couldn't find a job and I, I mean, I spent basically the whole summer, like up until school started again, uh, trying to get a job. I was like, I'll work for the last couple of weeks of the summer. Just, just, just let me come in and work. Um, I was, I would go, you know, I'd go on interviews and then not hear anything back or I would get rejected. Or there was even one interview I remember specifically was for, it was, uh, at a store in the mall. And I had such a good interview that the, that they, they literally asked me in the interview, if I had any interest in being a manager instead of just a sales associate. And I was like, uh, yeah, like ding, ding, ding. There's that dopamine release. There's that like self-worth release. Like, yeah, of course I can be the manager instead of just the associate. Uh, and then they ghosted me. So I spent the whole summer. And when, when I say like, I, 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 spent a lot of hours on the couch. I don't mean like five hours. I don't mean like half the day. I mean the whole day. And then I would go to bed and then I would get up and I would do it all over again. And I would eat junk food and watch junk TV and just go into this complete sort of paralysis of, of, of thought and of movement. It was even then this thing going on in my head, get up, get off the couch, go outside, go for a walk, go call a friend, go swimming in the pool. The house I grew up in had a pool. It was like, you can go, you go put on a bathing suit and just go swim in your own pool. Just do anything. And this battle was going on inside my mind at all times. And it was exhausting because there was this also inability to actually get up off the couch, this complete inability to listen to that inner voice that was telling me to get up. (sighs) And this still goes on. This still goes on, even though I wrote a best-selling book, even though I'm making multiple six figures in my business, even though, you know, I made it to six figures before I even turned 30, even though all these things and the inner battle is still basically the same I was when I was a teenager. It's still get up, get up, get up, get up. You should be working. You know, don't eat that. You don't need to eat that. So that was the thing that I wrote in my journal. (laughs) That it felt like if this room full of women who are all high achieving, brilliant women, if they were to find this out, what would happen? If they find out that I'm actually just lazy, that I've actually just tricked them all, into being invited into this room, into this, this retreat, this group that I'm in. What would happen? So I started this whole thing by talking about discovering your secret sauce, discovering what authenticity even means to you. Now, I've recently discovered that this actually has a name. It's called executive dysfunction, and it's a symptom of ADHD and neurodivergence. It means my brain is different. (laughs) 
it processes information differently. It um, has a difficult time regulating focus, regulating, you know, where my attention goes. And <laughs> I really wish I'd known this, that it has a name and that I'm not the only one who's ever experienced this before. I really wish this was something I'd known before I was 30 years old. I had, I got terrible grades throughout school. It's really interesting. There's been more than one person that when school comes up and grades come up for whatever reason in, in conversation, there's been more than one person that has looked at me and said, well, yeah, well, sure, but you always got good grades. You know, when I've, I've mentioned ADHD before and, and my thinking that I have it and, and more than one person have said, yeah, but you always got good grades. <laughs> I don't know what it is that I give off that makes people think that I got good grades in school, but shit, man, I got C's and D's and sometimes F's. Every once in a while, I could, I could pull a B out of my ass, but that was under very specific circumstances and probably wasn't for a whole class, like a whole semester grade, but like a test here and there, maybe. It's really funny. There were certain things that I got really into. Like I didn't like my biology class in high school, but I loved the genetics segment. So it was really weird. Like I would ask for extra work in the genetics <laughs> section of my biology class. Um, but when I latched onto something, when I had interest in something that I could, I could be the best and I wanted more of it but I was very rarely interested in things in school uh, because the topics weren't, they were, <laughs> you know, topics covered in school aren't that interesting. It's not, it's not like real world, very little of it is real world application. Uh, you know, like dear public school, what are taxes and how do I pay them? Don't worry, kid, here are all the parts of a flower, memorize this and then recall all of it to pass the test. <laughs> that's what I was not good at. So it's funny. I don't know what I give off that makes people think I always got good grades, but I got shit grades and always kind of thought that I was stupid, which is why I really wish that I'd known all these things that I was experiencing are actually like textbook ADHD shit. And I wasn't hyperactive. That's the, that's the misconception. I wasn't hyperactive. So people were like, no, of course she doesn't have ADHD. That's not, you know, ADHD is like boys that are jumping up and down and can't sit still, which now we have a lot more information. But here's the other thing that here's other symptoms of ADHD and other things that my brain does. I can come up with a million dollar idea at the drop of a hat. I can see patterns and connect dots and build relationships and see where I can add value to someone so that I can harness that relationship and leverage that likability and, and bring them into my belief system and my values so that they want to support me. There are all these things that my brain does that other people's brains don't do. And that's neurodivergence. So there's this thing, this 
this thing that I've been ashamed of my whole life is actually my superpower. <laughs> I'm still I'm still learning how to accept this and how to understand this so I get emotional thinking about it. This thing that I've been ashamed of my entire life is actually my superpower. So, I'm going I want to to do for you what Rachel Luna at girl confident on Instagram, what she did for me in the, in this, in this retreat that I attended. I want you to write down the thing that if I found it out, this thing about you, if I found this out, you would be devastated by it. You would be so deeply ashamed of it. Or it doesn't have to be me, somebody that you really look up to somebody but I want you to make it realistic. I want it to be somebody who's who's in your life who doesn't know this thing about you. What would happen if they found out? How would that make you feel? And if it's shame, if you would feel shame by this thing being found out, I want you to go into that really, really deeply because that thing is your secret sauce <laughs> if you release the shame just tell me I told you mine <laughs> just tell me what it is and if you can release the shame around it and you can figure out how to harness it that can become your superpower now I know that this thing has a name. Now I know that this thing is, it, it doesn't make me lazy. It doesn't make me stupid. It doesn't make me incompetent or it doesn't make me a fraud in business. It makes me me. And now I'm still figuring this out. I'm still learning. I'm still releasing the shame around it. But as I do, I'm going to find ways to use it for maximum good. What happens if you decide to fully inhabit this part of yourself and completely own this kind of authenticity, but other people are what you're coming up against and their judgments and their opinions? For this week's musical lesson, we are turning to Funny Girl and the classic Barbra Streisand in Don't Rain on My Parade. The song starts off with, don't tell me not to live, just sit and putter. Life's candy and the sun's a ball of butter. Don't bring around a cloud to rain on my parade. Don't tell me not to fly, I've simply got to. If someone takes a spill, it's me and not you. Who told you you're allowed to rain on my parade? This song, oh, it's another example of how much I really wish I could sing because this is another song that just every time I hear it, I just want to break out and start belting this. If you're coming up with some resistance in 
you know, you've started to really inhabit this version of yourself, this best version of yourself and other people are coming up against that and people are judging that and giving unsolicited advice to that. The unfortunate reality is they're probably not going to stop. And there's always going to be people who think that their opinion is worthy of of giving it to you, even when you don't ask for it. People are always going to think that they have the answers where you don't have the answers. (laughs) When this happens, I want you to channel Barbara Streisand. (laughs) If you watch the movie, if you watch Funny Girl Back, this song comes on. There's a bunch of women around her telling her not not to do this thing that she wants to do. And she just puts her hands in her head and she starts to sing, don't tell me not to live, just sit and putter. Life's candy and the sun's a ball of butter. Don't bring around a cloud to rain on my parade. Don't tell me not to fly. I've simply got to. If someone takes a spill, it's me and not you. Who told you you're allowed to rain on my parade? She goes on. But whether I'm the rose of sheer perfection, a freckle on the nose of life's complexion, the cinder or the shiny apple of its eye, I gotta fly once, I gotta try once, only can die once, right, sir? Oh, life is juicy, juicy and you see, I gotta have my bite, sir. Get ready for me, love, cause I'm a comer. I simply gotta march, my heart's a drummer. Don't bring around a cloud to rain on my parade. I'm going to live and live now. Get what I want. I know how. One roll for the whole shebang. One throw, the bell will go clang. Eye on the target and wham. One shot, one gunshot, and bam. Try to come up against that kind of energy. You can't. You just can't. And of course, imagining Barbara Streisand singing this and singing this to a bunch of women surrounding her, telling her not to do this thing that she wants to do. Oh, just get out of here. Get out of here. And of course, that's easier said than done. But when this happens for you, I want you to harness this kind of simple belief in yourself. And it, and it is, it's complicated, of course, but it is also that simple. All you have to do is inhabit this belief. All you have to do is imagine yourself as this person, as the kind of person that just tells everybody around you to shut the hell up. And whether you literally tell everyone around you to shut the hell up or not, sometimes that can serve you, sometimes it can definitely not. But whether you literally say those things to people around you or not, harness that kind of energy and allow yourself to think it doesn't matter what they think because it doesn't. Because as you're doing the work of letting go of shame, of letting go of kinds of things that don't serve you or will ultimately become your superpower. If you allow other people to stop you from doing that, then you're never going to you're never going to have your superpowers. You're never going to fully become the person that you're meant to become. And you have to. The world needs you to do that. The world needs you to do that. Oh, life is juicy, juicy, and you see, I gotta have my bite, sir. Get ready for me, love, because I'm a comer. I simply gotta march. My heart's a drummer. Don't bring around a cloud to rain on my parade. 
I got to live and live now, get what I want. I know how. Now, so what do I mean when I was talking about in the beginning of the episode, talking about what authenticity even means for you and how to even figure out like how to make content around that. And, and everybody who does really well with, with Instagram reels, they all have a specific thing that they do. How to find your thing and commit to it. Now, I'm going to be honest with you. This is something that I am still figuring out. But step one is saying the thing out loud, finding the thing that you're most ashamed of. Maybe for you, you can you can discover this by journaling. Maybe you discover this by exercising or doing yoga or doing a podcast or, you know, whatever it is, discover this thing. And then I just want you to release the the shame, the embarrassment around it. That's step one. Step two is then reframe your entire perception of this thing. So the fact that now I know that this thing, my, my numbing out and, and this inner monologue of, of myself going back and forth and, and not being able to like, listen to that voice in my head that wants, that wants me to do what's better for myself. Now that I've released the shame around it, I don't have to stifle that voice. I don't have to push that voice down because she doesn't have to be ashamed. So then that voice can come up and give me what I need. And now that I know that this is a thing that doesn't make me crazy, if it happens, so be it. I don't have to make myself feel like shit about it when it does happen because I know that I know that it's okay that it happens. It has a name. It's 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 okay. And then when you can harness that and leverage that for good and reframe completely. So step three is then thinking, instead of shame, what if I give this excitement and power? What if I give this, now I know that that this is ADHD that's going on. This is a, a executive dysfunction. This is a textbook symptom of this, of neurodivergence. What if instead of being ashamed of that, I celebrated that? What if instead of saying, this is the thing that makes me not good enough, instead saying, this is the thing that makes me fucking great. (laughs) This is the thing that sets me apart. This is, I can use my brain the way that it wants to process information naturally. I can use that to bring magic into the world. I can use that to bring my philosophy, my values, my beliefs, and, and my programs and 
products and services and all of that kind of stuff, I can use that to make those things better and to serve more people and to help more people do what I do. <laughs> what if? What if? I want you to ask yourself this question. What if? I'm, sh I'm shrugging my shoulders. What, what if? <laughs> what if you could just let it go, let the shame go, and then actually reframe your entire way of thinking about this thing that you're so ashamed of? You can celebrate it. What if you started celebrating it? What would happen if it just became something that you were proud of? Something that you told everybody about. Something that you weren't ashamed to tell me or whoever the person that you had in your head that you didn't want to find this out. What if instead of being ashamed to tell them, you were really, really excited to tell them? What if it became like Christmas morning sharing this with them? And I want you to imagine them celebrating with you. I want you to imagine them saying, yeah, I do that too. <laughs> or even, even if they don't, I want you to imagine them saying, that's really interesting. Tell me more. Or I want you to imagine them saying, I'm really proud of you for telling me that. Discovering your authenticity and discovering how to run your business, how to bring good into the world, what kinds of products and services you should bring into the world based on who you are, based on the, the greatest good that you can serve. All of that lies in releasing the shame. All of that, you making six figures, you making seven figures, you making even just enough money where you don't have to worry about getting a flat tire. All of that is on the other side of releasing the shame. And choosing to celebrate those things instead. <sighs> so, hi, my name is Allison. And I'm not lazy. I'm neurodivergent. And that makes me fucking cool. What about you? <laughs> <laughs>